0: Where's a good station? Glory, Glory,
1: Amen.
0: Guardians of Grace, what's wrong? Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax. You have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us. Holding to pure grace. Again, relax. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Fenders of Grace.
1: Hello again, everyone. My name's Bill. I'd like to welcome you to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. I'm here with longtime friend Steve.
0: Hey, everybody. How are you doing? We want you to become our longtime friends also.
1: And we're tracking Mark. He's somewhere back from Pennsylvania to Florida, somewhere over there.
0: Yes, he's in La La Land right now. <laughs>
1: But he's dearly missed right now. So, but he'll be back soon too.
0: Yeah, we want you back,
1: Mark. Amen. We're excited, stoked. I think was the word I used last time. Not sight. Not sight. The excitement is we're continuing our taking a closer look at First John, the letter of First John, and I think we ended last time where we just brought you to the whole point. The single point of First John was to show us something. Without any further delay, I'm going to turn it over to Steve for a little review. We'll continue on our closer look at the
0: letter of First John. Sure, sure. As we endeavor to figure out how First John, the letter of First John, fits in with the the New Covenant message or the grace message, which is the New Covenant. It's a message about grace. We're endeavoring to see how First John fits in with it, because for many of us, First John was a scary book, and it seemed to be a legalistic book, not a book fashioned by grace at all. But in the last podcast or so, we, we actually toggled between Romans 7 and 1 John 3, 7, where First John 3, 7 was telling us that in our spiritual nature, the, the child born of God, the spiritual entity born of God that is within us, it never, ever, ever sins. Not one single time. And we looked at the word poieo, <coughs> which was the Greek word for never, ever sinning, in contrast to parazo, which we were looking at in Romans 7, where Paul was talking about himself. And he he was saying, he was habitually practicing the thing that he did not want to do, that he habitually practiced. But the good that he wanted to do, he poieoed. He never did it one single time. And this led us to an awareness that the only way these passages can make sense as if we realize that they're talking about our human nature and how well we do in our human nature and the Spirit of God that's been placed in us when we were born again, and how well we can do by relying on the Spirit of God. So then we said we were going to unlock the letter of 1 John because understanding about our two natures will allow us to unlock this letter. So we started off unlocking the letter by looking at 1 John 1 three through 6, and Bill's going to have a whale of a comment to make on that. But First John 1, 3 through 6 was telling the readers of First John that John was informing them about Jesus, who he ministered with for three years. He was telling them about Jesus so that they could have fellowship with him. And his fellowship was with God, the Father, and Jesus through him. He did not want to fellowship with the people themselves. He wanted to fellowship with God through them. And he said, I'm going to write a letter that makes your joy complete because I'm going to teach you how to know that you're fellowshipping with either the human nature or the spiritual nature. And let's look at what Bill has prepared for us concerning First John one, three through six, because it's just another classic example of how looking at the actual Greek wording just makes it so much more vivid and so much more accurate. So with that in mind, I'm going to let Bill do his thing. Thank you,
1: Steve. Got the reading glasses on. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and read First John 1 through 3, all right? What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have beheld and our hands handled concerning the word of life. And the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. You see that word, manifested, Steve? Yes, sir. I certainly do. It's twice there and going to be a third one? Yes. It's the Greek word phanaru. Meaning manifest or plainly recognized. Plainly
0: recognized. Phanaru. Plainly
1: recognized. So the, the things they saw, heard, touched of this life was more than just a theory to them. It was, it was a reality, it was an experience that they saw, they participated. They ministered with Jesus. Here's where we come in in verse 3, Steve. Okay. What we have seen and heard, see it's the same words? Yes. We proclaim to you also that you may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his son Jesus Christ. So we got three conjunctions in there. Okay. Do explain. Do explain. Well, if you remember when you were a kid and you would watch Grammar Rock on Saturday morning. Yeah. Remember the song? No. Conjunction. I, know. I, know. I don't remember it. I'm sorry. I'm dating myself. Conjunction, junction. What's your function? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so conjunctions are and. But, well, kaya is the Greek word for and. and It means and in in addition to. But in this third conjunction here, it's in English sometimes translated indeed, is
0: actually the Greek word day, and it means but. So indeed in our English is actually the Greek word day, and it, it actually means but. It's an... Adversative
1: conjunction, Steve. It's an adversative conjunction. And adversative means it's the antithesis. Well, oh the I opposite. knew that. I yeah. knew that. So mm-hmm.
0: what what are we looking at here? We are looking at something that says it's the antithesis of fellowshipping with us. Do you see that? Yes. Let me read
1: it again. So it talks about the life they had seen, Jesus. Yeah. And it says They've seen it, heard it, taste. they've experienced that life, that fellowship. Mm-hmm. They had that fellowship. Verse 3 says, What we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also. There's our first conjunction. Mm-hmm. So, so that you also, that's our second conjunction, mm-hmm. may yeah. have fellowship with us. And, and it should be, but... But moreover, oh, isn't but more, it? it actually is. But moreover different contrasts, antithesis our fellowship is with the father and the son that's what it's actually saying steve that
0: really brings it out he's saying you can have fellowship with us but moreover than that i want to fellowship with god the father and his son he doesn't talk about fellowshipping with us no he's talking about the same fellowship that they
1: had with jesus when he walked the earth
0: but moreover i want that same fellowship
1: Exactly. That's what he's saying. So Christian fellowship is a little more than two guys getting together and talking about whatever it is or it, manifesting their flesh, especially is what he's trying to avoid.
0: Yeah, well, that's how I always fellowship. I always fellowship till I learned what you're learning, you know, learned the same thing you've learned about him saying, no, but moreover, I want a fellowship with God and his son. I don't want a fellowship with Steve and his nature.
1: Exactly, see, it's It's so much bigger than what we think of. It. We're talking about an experience with the Holy Spirit, as opposed to an experience with a couple guys faking it, like they're spiritual guys. Church talk, church folk talk. Using
0: all the church lingo. And yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it.
1: He doesn't want to fellowship with that, that. Fake, phony stuff. And remember the word fanarou. Yes. Manifestation. Up Here's here. the thing. Both the flesh manifests itself. The spirit manifests itself. And Paul gives us great detail. And he says, like the... The manifestation of the flesh is obvious. And then he says the manifestation of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, not in any limited capacity. They're the spirit's joy, which is unlimited. They're the spirit's love, which is unconditional. They're the spirit's peace, which nothing interrupts it. It's the spirit's long suffering or patience, which never comes to an end versus all of those, we can try and fake them like we're patient, fake it like we're joy, but we're saying nice words to this person, and it's all the time we're like, I hate this guy's guts that I'm talking to.
0: And that's one of the examples in First John. It says, days, your brother.
1: you're not in the spirit. You're not in the spirit. You're not manifesting the spirit. And I thought it meant I wasn't saved. No, you're not a, a Christian.
0: Yeah, and I like what you said about room. Renders apparent. Renders apparent. That was the word I was looking for. It makes it apparent. He's talking about, I want this to become apparent to you that you're fellowshipping with God the Father and His Son. I want this to become so apparent to you that it's part of your everyday experience. You can spot the difference between the Spirit And the human nature in the blink of an eye, just instant registering of which nature you're talking to so that your joy can be complete. That's what he says. I'm writing this letter to make your joy complete. I want to teach you and make it super apparent to you that you are fellowshipping with one or the other. And that's what the whole letter is about. That is what we will see example after example of. And we're going to. We're going to look at these examples. You're ex-
1: you're fellowshipping with Christ in me, and I'm fellowshipping with Christ in you, and there's joy.
0: Oh, that brings joy. I've felt it, especially after I knew what I was doing, what was going on around me. I've had such joyous times that I don't need to go to any bars, I don't need to do anything. All I need to do is get around a bunch of Christians, and when the spirit goes off, I'm just having a blast. I'm having a really good time when I'm just surrounded by the spirit, and everybody's speaking in the spirit, and I know it for what it is. Man, I, I just true. don't need anything. Fellowship. I don't, maybe fishing, maybe, <laughs> maybe, yeah. No, I don't even need fishing. Uh, fellowshipping with the spirit really does satisfy all my needs
1: we've all felt it and experience and the people listening they've they've experienced it they yes. know it they know what we're talking about now. it's dawning on them isn't yeah. it
0: they're going oh man this
1: registers true you guys have experienced it and we want it to be the norm and not the what's the opposite we of
0: the want norm. it to be a new way of life yeah continual yeah that's what Paul said, this is my way of life in Christ Jesus that I teach everywhere in every church. A way of life of fellowshipping in and with Christ Jesus that he teaches everywhere in every church. Man, the churches would blossom if we got a hold of this one revelation instead of thinking First John was a, a book of nuts and bolts and how to live the, the standard for living the Christian life and where you pick daisies with your salvation. If we can stop that and understand the book for what it really is, it will teach us a wisdom that brings us unme- immeasurable joy throughout the rest of our life if we just get a hold of what First John is saying.
1: Absolutely. And as usual, we're going to let the Spirit do our talking for us. So maybe I could read First John 1 through 4 again and let Steve get some of these examples of manifestation of the two natures that that we're talking about. So you'll see the harmony between at least Paul's epistles.
0: Exactly. And I think he got some of James too. He harmonizes with every other part of the Bible. We'll look at a couple examples in 1 John of where he's making it apparently obvious whether you're fellowshipping with the Spirit or fellowshipping with the flesh so that you'll learn how to make your joy complete. So, yeah, go ahead and read what you wanted to read.
1: This is exciting because this is what the letter is actually about. Amen. I don't know where the some of the other teachings came Gnosticism in. But and The Gnostic that it only appeared like he... I don't even Yeah. Yeah. I run it. Right? right, right. Let's just get into what the Word actually Let's start
0: pointing to Bible verses as we always do, because they are what will trip you out.
1: Okay, I'm going to read 1 through 4 again. What was from the beginning that we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have beheld and our hands handled concerning the Word of Life and the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. I want to hit on eternal life, but I'm—that's a big word too. Oh yeah, it'll wait. It'll wait for eternity. <laughs> no. Verse three: What we have, what we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also, that you also may have fellowship with the life they were talking about, Jesus, and indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son. Can I insert the, but the more Greek word? But our fellowship.
0: Yes, say it. Yeah. Say it loud and clear.
1: But what we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also that you, hey, have fellowship with us. But moreover, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you so that our
0: joy may be made complete. Amen. Don't try and be in the flesh and say you're in the spirit to us. We'll know instantly. We're not having fellowship no. with that. We're not John who wrote 1 John is not he's not down with that. If you're fellowshipping with John and you're in your flesh, he's not gonna hang.
1: There's no complete joy
0: in that. So with that in mind, let's just point to some classic examples that come out of First John examples of fellowshipping either in our spirit or in our human nature okay so the first one i want to go through is first john the first one i want to go to is first john chapter two let's start in verse four and bill you can correct me on the greek word for no after i read this you know i will And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is condemned to burn forever. No, it doesn't say that. It says he's a liar and the truth is not in him. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not, keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. And we can know this. We can know that we have come to know him. What's that Greek word? It's the Greek word ginosko.
1: In the Greek Old Testament, it's the first time it's used is Adam knew his wife. Remember, we did that example a few times. It literally means to experience. So he's saying the one that says, I experience him and was it doesn't was it, keep his commandments? Doesn't guard his word literally?
0: Mm-hmm. Is a liar. A liar. He's not experiencing a, an God. Unsaved person. It didn't say he was unsaved. It just no. said he's lying to you. Because if he's experiencing the life
1: that was mentioned in First John one, the life was made manifest. The life of the Father and the Son that we have fellowship. And doesn't guard his word he's lying
0: trying i'm thinking about mark five twenty
1: 2. You- oh yeah that would be the uh, woman with the issue of blood that was trying to get healed spent all her money seen all the doctors and finally she said to herself if i could just grab the hem of his garment maybe something will happen and she grabbed it says that she touched his garment and it says she gnosko she was healed and some of the English translations get it right because it says she felt that she was healed or you could say experience she
0: knew she was healed she she felt that she was healed just put that word felt in here first John chapter 2 verse 4 anyone who says I have come to feel him and does not keep his commandment is a liar and the truth is not in him. This is how we know that we are in him. Do you see how this passage is talking about your day-to-day experiences when you're fellowshipping and you say, hey, I'm feeling Jesus and I've got a word for you, but he's not keeping the commandments. He's acting like a yahoo. Anybody who doesn't act like Jesus is not experiencing Jesus, is not experiencing Jesus. And that's just one example in 1 John 2, maybe 4 through 7, maybe 4 through 5, really. The next example is what Bill was talking about. Whoever keeps his word in him, the love of God has truly been perfected. By this, we know that we are in him. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as Jesus walked. Now that, there, it's not, there's no hidden words there. That They're just basically saying, I am in the Spirit. I am in him. And it's recognizable. It's rec- that's your word, finaru.
1: Recognizable. The people will recognize the love that you show other people. that They'll recognize the patience. They'll recognize the joy you have. They'll recognize all these things and they'll know that they're not coming from you. They're coming from the life. Amen. That's what he was talking about. Yes. We want to make
0: this word of life manifest to you. Yes. You see how it just says he ought to walk like Jesus. If he says I'm manifesting Jesus, he ought to look like Jesus, or he ought to act like Jesus. And there again, it doesn't talk about being condemned or not saved or not a true Christian. But I've heard it preached as, well, see, you're not a true Christian, you're not a true believer. If you don't do this, a true believer would walk like Jesus walked. But no, somebody in the spirit would walk like Jesus walked. A true believer in the flesh, in his own human nature, will not, no matter how hard he tries.
1: See, trying, Steve, is synonymous with keeping the law, with legalism. It's seeing the code and saying, attempting to do it. And remember Paul's conclusion? The law is spiritual, but I, in my human nature, am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I don't understand Romans what I 7, do. 7.11. Exactly. 7.13, I'm sorry. So, when you're trying to do it in your own human effort like Paul was in Romans 7, you're not doing it.
0: And you're not compatible.
1: That was not a child of God doing it. That no. was Saul of Tarsus. Trying to do it. Trying to do it in his own strength.
0: Yes. Okay, here's another one, and it's just like two verses down. Let me say verse eight, 1 John 2, verse eight. On the other hand, I'm writing you a new commandment to you, which is true in Jesus and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Okay, and here's the example. The one who says he is in the light, yet hates his brother, isn't in the light. He's in the darkness till now. Do you see? That's another synonym for the one who says he's coming to you in the spirit and it's good to fellowship with him is actually in his human nature. They just use the word light and darkness for the two natures, the two natures, And it does not say anything about he'll be eternally condemned or anything. It just says he's not telling the truth. It's all about fellowship and whether somebody is telling you the truth or not when they come to fellowship with you. This whole letter teaches you a wisdom that is just astounding to me. It just blows my mind how much wisdom is here. The wisdom know whether I'm fellowshipping with the spirit or I'm fellowshipping with somebody, trying to be a good Christian, try as hard as they can, but can't do it. Trying to please me, but can't please me. Just like I tried to please my wife for so many years, and I just annoyed her. I was constantly annoying my wife. Every word I said was wrong. When I began to understand that I need to rely on the Spirit of God to speak through me, and it began to speak through me, She's been well-pleased with me ever since.
1: Two things, if I can interrupt you. Absolutely. Although I already did. You know, it reminded me of something Lee used to say, that I heard her say it to you, and I remember you told me about it. You left you scratching your head when she would say it. But she would say this... Oh, my God, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. She would say, when she wasn't pleased with you, she would say, those are your words.
0: Yeah, I and used to. Like, apologize. They just came out of my mouth. I know they're my words. I just exactly. I must... used to apologize to lay leave for something I said during the day, and she'd go, "I know they're just your words," and like, like Bill said, I, I know they were my words. I, I said them. Oh, I'm trying to apologize for them. It took me almost five years to understand. She was saying, "No, those are just your words. They're not." the spirit of God's word through you. They're just your human words and you are forgiven because I know you're trying to please me, but you can't. Not in your human words. They were just your words is what she was doing as she was letting me off the hook.
1: You were Phanaru, Steve, if we can go back to our our Greek word. Which means to, what, render apparent. It was rendered very apparent to Lee that they were not the spirit's words. They were your words. And very kind, but she did not want to fellowship with Steve in the flesh.
0: You're right. That's why she would just walk away.
1: <laughs> she would,
0: to tell the truth.
1: Makes sense now. Yeah, it
0: makes sense now.
1: She was actually fanarooing. Yeah. And phanerou goes both ways. Ways. Paul says the acts of the flesh are obvious; they're rendered apparent. Rendered apparent, phanerou. Thinking of Galatians five, the acts of the flesh are obvious. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Phanerou, (laughs) phanerou. Jealousy, strife, envy, drunkenness, carousing, driving too slow on ninety (laughs) five.
0: Ah, oh, the Tortuga.
1: You told tortuga. me that one. Yeah, right.
0: yeah, that's Bill Sin right there, driving too slow on on ninety five. His the acts of his flesh are obvious because the people all around him just are annoyed. shake their fists in the in the in the windshield. Oh yeah, the, the looks door. I get. Yeah, yeah. That's obvious.
1: They're not joyful looks. No. no that's funny. But, but you see how Fanaru works both ways. The acts of the Flesh are obvious, the manifestation of the old nature, the manifestation of the old man, all the same, the same thing, are obvious, and we don't want to fellowship with that. That's what John's point is, right? Absolutely. He wants to fellowship with the Spirit, which is also Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there's no law needed to regulate this kind of behavior. It it just flows naturally from the Spirit. And that's what we want to fellowship. And that's what we can fellowship.
0: Yeah, that's why.
1: That makes the apostle John's joy complete.
0: Exactly. That's why in Romans 8, 4, he says, All the righteous requirements of the law will be fully met. By us who do not walk according to human effort, but according to the Spirit's power. All the the rules of getting along and, and pleasing the people around you will be fully met by those of you who do not walk according to human effort, but according to the Spirit. And now that you know this wisdom about needing to walk by the Spirit, now you can add the wisdom of First John realizing or rendering apparent the fact that somebody is either in the spirit and pleasing or in their human nature and not so pleasing. Okay, so we were looking at First John where John was telling us in rendering apparent whether somebody is walking in the darkness or in the light, which... We were saying is two synonyms for That's the flesh true. or the spirit. They're either walking in the flesh or they're walking in the spirit. They're either walking in the light or they're walking in the spirit. Tell me, First John doesn't harmonize perfectly with what Jesus was saying in Matthew six twenty three? Do you want to
1: read it, Bill? I will. I've got to correct you though. You said the light
0: or the spirit. Oh, okay. Which yeah, yeah. The spirit wouldn't be the opposite. The okay, the, the flesh of the spirit. I'm sorry. That's where I live.
1: To correct. Mm-hmm. You. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to read in Matthew eight, starting in twenty two. It's Jesus talking. He says, "The lamp of the body." Can is- I correct you? It's Matthew six. Got you back.
0: <laughs> Got you back.
1: <laughs> that was a test. <laughs> mm-hmm. The one who said he's reading from chapter eight when he's reading from chapter six <laughs> is a liar. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Chapter
0: 6, verse 23. Or 22.
1: 22. 622. Jesus said, The lamp of the body is the eye. If, therefore, your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If, therefore, the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness.
0: Yes. How great is the darkness if you're humanly trying to produce the light in your human nature and you're really dark? How great is that darkness? How deceptive is that darkness? How how futile is that darkness? You just can't live the Christian life in that darkness. But if your eye is light, if you're manifesting the eye of light, the same thing that First John is telling you about, about manifesting... You're manifesting the eye of light. Then you're manifesting Jesus from top to bottom.
1: Yeah, it's exactly like the Pharisees when they said, are we blind too? When Jesus says, because you say you see, you're blind. Amen. It's the same thing as how dark is that darkness. Right. It's how so dark, you? you think you're actually seeing. Right. You're But living because you say you see, you don't get it. You don't get it. You're still in your sin right
0: which is the sin of blindness and the same thing is still in your flesh which and is where the sin lives exactly you're walking according to the flesh yes
1: how dark it is because you actually think it's not you yeah. think it's you you think you're pleasing god
0: and how much does jesus himself line up with first john they're, they're both giving us the same picture they're See,
1: rendering it apparent and it's you're at an advantage. At least you know it's not walking in the spirit when you're manifesting flesh. But to manifest your flesh and think it's spirit, that's what Jesus means. How dark Dark. is that darkness?
0: And it's real dark. You're right, Bill. You're right.
1: That was in John 9 and it comes after John 8, which was, remember the woman caught in adultery? Amen. And he who has the let him who has the. Without sin, cast the first stone. Give it right there, Bill. And then they all leave one by one. And then he says, "I am the light of the world. The one who walks with me, follows me, will never walk in darkness, but have the light of the life. The light of the life. Mm. So, isn't that the same thing John said in First John? It is. It is the, the light, light of, of the life,
0: life of Jesus." The The life of of Jesus is the light.
1: It is the light of the world. And you'll never walk in darkness when you are walking according to the Spirit. That's what he's saying. When you're fellowshipping with the Spirit, your path is well lit. That's what he's saying. I'm the light of the world, the one that literally sides with me. He, He never walks in darkness, but always walks in the light of life so there's no such thing as walking in the spirit and having darkness and there's no such thing as walking according to your own natural sight the way you see things and having light that's why he's we're talking about fanaru these are rendered apparent it becomes obvious when someone is walking in their own light like the pharisees were trying their best to please God in their human effort.
0: Nobody tried harder than the Pharisees. They weren't bad people. Let's get that straight. They were very good people.
1: They get a bad rap from being vile people. They weren't. They were the do-gooders. Yes. They were mean as all get out, which there's nothing meaner than a legalistic
0: Christian. In the 21st century, there's still nothing meaner than a legalistic Christian.
1: And that's what a Pharisee was, basically. Yeah. He had the law as top priority, and they depended heavily on their flesh, just like Paul in Philippians 3.
0: And they didn't mean to be mean. They were mean, legalistic Christians trying to do the best they could for the people around them. They didn't mean to be mean, just the idea of condemnation is mean.
1: It is, and I've lived in that self-righteousness, not for long, because <laughs> I couldn't fake being good that that well. Yeah. I didn't even fake it that well, much less do it in my own strength. We're still on the subject of Fanaru, right? Yeah. Render, rendering apparent. Yeah. And we're still on the purpose of this letter, which is,
0: what was the purpose of the letter, Steve? To make your joy complete by learning how to fellowship with the spirit and not fellowship with the human nature.
1: And we've given some examples that they're obvious You've given Laylee's example of those are your words. Yes. And what that means now. She had insight that we didn't have at the time. And that's the insight we're, we're giving out today. That's what this First John letter is giving us insight how to recognize what is apparently rendered to us. The most obvious one was the guy that says, I'm walking in the light, but I hate my brother. Yeah. You're not. You're not. The two thoughts are Incompatible. Yeah, you inconsistent. can't gossip
0: about your brother and say you're in the spirit. No gossiping allowed. But it doesn't mean you're not a Christian. It does not. It means when you hate your
1: brother, you're manifesting your flesh.
0: That's all. That's all it means. That's all That's it all has it to mean.
1: And it it means that so that you recognize it. Yes. And you don't recognize it to be condemned. That's First John one nine,
0: which we're going to get into. Yeah, because but, it talks big time about the light, where Jesus said, "I am the light of the world." It talks big time about that, and we're going to have to, you, you know, what we're going to have to look at that passage in the Old Testament to get a running start at First John, one nine. We're going to have to end up with that passage about the light.
1: So, you are talking about Isaiah forty nine six.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's good, what I thought. Good call Bill. Good call.
1: Do you want to read it? Oh, all right, Isaiah forty nine six, he's talking about the Messiah, which is talking he, he about should, Jesus. He should
0: be able to quote it, but
1: he's only <laughs> reading it. It is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also make you a light of the nations so that my salvation may reach to the end of the
0: earth ok when, when did Jesus ever become a light to the end of the earth he only came down here on, on earth and was a light to the nation of Israel and even the Great lady point. says can, can you heal me and he says oh I've only come to the house of Israel and the lady says Well, even the dogs get the crumbs and he says, your faith has made you well. And he went ahead and healed her, even though she was a Gentile. He only ministered as a person, a human being here on earth to Israel. It wasn't until he died, was buried, rose again, went to the third heaven and asked God to send down the Holy Spirit, which was none other than him, and then Through you and I, he's the light to the world. And that's important to note. That's an important distinction that he's the light to the world through you and I because it's going to allow us to work on 1 John 1 9, which for some reason has become such a controversial verse that. It causes divisions in churches. There's different denominations because of 1 John 1-9.
1: Yeah, it puts the sin conscience on us and deprives us of the life of Christ, the life of the Spirit. So
0: our next podcast is gonna be devoted to 1 John 1-9. And I believe you'll never see 1 John 1-9 the same way again.
1: You know, it's interesting when you read Leviticus, like 1 through 5, gives the offer, the different offerings. You know there's really only one about sin. The other ones are an offering of his life, an offering of his service. That's what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. That you can have that life of service, a life that's pleasing to God. Only one of the, really two of the uh, offerings were anything to do with the sin offering and the trespass offering but the burn offering like the very first one the fellowship offering the grain offering were all to do with manifesting this life out there and they didn't see it in the picture but just the burn offering alone was everything was burned up and it became a pleasing aroma to god this is this life if we're going to look at our so-called christian life compared to what God sees that the life that his son offers well it's a totally different thing Jesus life was 100% committed to others and his father wasn't 99 and 1% to himself it was 100% that's why everything was burnt up and it was a pleasing aroma to God but that's that should be our focus it's going to be good. Well, there is a purpose for First 1 John 1-9. We need to devote the time to put it into context of what he's saying and not make it a, a focus. Because, you know, one of the things under, like, Hebrews 10 is a sin conscience. You know what it says? It says the law could never take away that consciousness of sin. The sacrifices that they offered could never appease the conscience of sin so a better sacrifice was offered so right there the whole issue of sin consciousness is provided by the death burial and resurrection of christ so having a sin consciousness is not cool we think it is we think
0: it's spiritual and that's what first john gives us yeah people have used it to, to say you've got to keep up to date with your confessions and put an unbelievably heavy chain around your neck. Short accounts. Short the accounts. doctrine of short accounts.
1: Confessed up to date.
0: Up to date is another word they use.
1: Brother, if you're going to go take on that,
0: you need to be confessed up
1: to date.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, with that in mind, we will do our next podcast on First John 1-9, and we will... Again, as always, just point to scriptures that illuminate first John one nine. Hopefully you'll you'll enjoy the upcoming podcast. And use the scriptures to do it,
1: as Amen. we always do. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. Do you want to close us in prayer?
0: Sure, sure. Father God, I pray that we would be rooted and established, that we would take root so that we don't blow in every wind of doctrine and the cunningness and craftiness of men and their scheming in their fine-sounding arguments and everything that men do, we want you to take root in this reality because then you have a wisdom that is beneficial for the rest of your day. So, Father, please allow them to take root. Please allow them to grow strong, strong, strong roots and be like my wife lately that says, I know those are only your words. And and they're not the words of the Spirit of God, or they are the words of the Spirit of God, but allow everybody who's heard this podcast to now be able to differentiate between human words and the Spirit's words. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen.